Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Radio Sauce. Good morning. Uh, welcome to the radio. This is a podcast about hospitality, food, with fun and games. That's very true, Ricardo. You know your stuff. Oh, I no. would like to say um, a very special thank you to our sponsors, Clark Shaw's. Did you know? Well, I didn't until yesterday. Check out their website and you can buy a T-shirt with a picture of a bottle of beer on it. Ooh. Can I also say, um, Sally, thanks for the um, for the logo. That's Sally from Fabric Mountain. Thank you. Thanks, Sally. You're the best. You're the best. And um, and thanks to Donna because she's got the timer going and she's got things written down on a piece of paper next to us. Hi, everybody. Hi, Richard. Hello. I'd like to say, I don't know why I'm standing up. This is the part of the show where everyone else on their podcast has a little jingle. But we have moi singing. Are you ready, Ricky? Always. How ready are you today? I'm pretty ready. Pretty ready, pretty steady, pretty ready. Okay. Is that the song? <laughs> yeah, clap. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah! Talking to a songbird yesterday Flew me to a past not far away She's a little pirate in my mind Singing songs of love to pass the time Gonna write a song so she can see. Give her all the love she gives to me. Talk of better days that have yet to come. <laughs> Never felt this love from anyone. She's not anyone. She's not anyone. I quite like that. That was really nice. Thanks, Ricky. I think I flattened it out a bit in the middle, but nah, that you was nailed it, right? You know, that was yeah. deliberate, Ricky. Um, thanks, Richard. Thanks for the clap, Donna. Um, right. So, Richard, this is the serious bit now because today's fairly serious today because um, here on Radio Sauce... Ooh, saucy. Well, I just got it. <laughs> that was close. Um, so, hello, everyone. Um, uh, to those who are listening and those who are not listening, hello. Um, Richard... Yeah, Richard, 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 the little lovely pilchard. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I am. Um, I was. I was looking on Twitter a few days ago. So something came up, um, and it was talking about cooking as therapy. Now, yeah, everyone's talking about mental health at the moment, and um, unless you've listened to this podcast in two thousand and twenty-eight. And by then, you're probably talking about something else. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. And it got in my head a little bit, and I was thinking, cooking as a therapy is it? Is it good? Is it good for the mind? I mean, if you've got uh, a service for four hundred, um, and the kitchen porter hasn't turned up, and um, one of the fridges is down, that's it can get a little bit daunting. Therapy. Yeah, yeah. That that's the opposite. That's like the opposite of therapy. Stress therapy. Yeah, you're yeah. stressed. How to be stressed? Come in, join us. It's <laughs> for the night. Um, join us. But I was thinking about it, and yeah. and I thought, you know, what, what if you think when you're cooking at home, if you're doing nice cooking, I don't mean like sticking a, a Dr. Oka pizza in the oven, but doing proper cooking at home, you do kind of zone out a little bit. Do, do you well, get what I mean? Yeah, I was like, even like even when like the restaurant life is kind of stressful. There's still those kind of like um, prep jobs that are a bit soothing or a little bit, you know, that take your mind off of things and stuff. Yeah, kind of yeah. like therapeutic. So, yeah. like, you know, like peeling potatoes and stuff. You can just yeah, like fall can... into the routine and then start to kind of clear your mind a bit. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not, I don't do meditation or anything like that, but I assume meditation is closing the mind off and just yeah. focusing on nothing really. And, if you've got 18 kilos of spuds to peel, <laughs> yeah, you do kind of just fall into a rhythm and yeah, zone out. And, and, and I also think, and I've, uh, I've said this to a lot of people over the years. I think in my, my opinion about cooking is uh, if you have a job 
and I don't know much about office work, but if you have a job where you go to work, you get there, you make a coffee, and then you check your emails, and then you respond to them, uh, and then you've got to go into the database uh, and transfer the dates of birth um, for 400 people to a different spreadsheet. I, I would find that mind-numbing, but oh, yeah. when, it, when you're with food, it comes into the establishment. I'm talking about a restaurant now. And it's in its raw form, and you you do something with it, and then you pass it to someone else in the team. Yeah. They do something with it. And at the end of it, there's an end product. Do you get what I mean? You're doing something. You... It's an achievement. It's a yeah, part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it feels like you've actually achieved. There's a, there's a full stop to a dish, if you know what I mean. And then I also think in the kitchen, it's hot, it's cold, there's smells, there's taste, there's noise, there's sizzling, there's, there's chatting. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it good for you, Richard? What do you think? I think, yeah, do you, know, you know that feeling you get, right, when you, you do a dish or you do a dessert, and you know when you make it and it just comes out perfect? Yes. You know that, and you, you just think the whole world is correct now. Yeah. Oh, I've got another one for you. Go on. If you do, right, I'm sure you'll get this right. You know when you do, wait, I don't know, say you're plating the dessert up and there's that one tap, you, you know, you're all night you're doing quenelles of, of cream or ice cream, whatever, and you do one quenelle once. Yeah. And they're all good, but you do one and all of a sudden it is spot on. Oh, you go, yeah. oh, look at that. You get your phone out. You want to I, think, it. I think we need to tell people as well because when people kind of get shown quenelles on TV and stuff, you're there. They're using two spoons. Mm. Where, but yeah, yeah, the way yeah. we done Cornell's back at uh, Vanilla Black is that we would have we'd only use one spoon and we drag it down like the ice cream tub or cream, and then you twist at the end, and it's just perfectly smooth and teardrop round. Yeah, and oh, I, oh, what a feeling! Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, one spoon Cornell um, Rocher, as people call it. That's and, it, Rocher, yeah. And, or even if you do something like, um, oh, here's another one, right? It, it, say like you make something like a something that's in a mould, right? Uh, a mousse yeah. or something like that, and you've got to turn it out. Or if you make a sponge cake, or you something, something like that, and you turn it out, and it comes out sharp and perfect, and none of it's broken. Oh, none of it's do you know that reminds me of? Oh, look the, at that. the the twice baked souffle. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Or even if you're home and you make something and it comes out perfect, there's that satisfaction. And yeah. I, I, I was reading somewhere, someone said recently um, that, you know, it's it's a therapy, it's meditation with the promise of a good meal afterwards. Yeah, yeah. well, that's it. You, you know, really it, it's... Night, can you? No, even when you think, like... If you if you want to do if you're doing something nice at home, and I know a lot, a lot of people like go to farmers markets for the local produce. Bollocks. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the, even the process of going out and going, oh man, look at them lovely carrots, and look at them <laughs> and buying the stuff and getting yeah. home, and on the way home you're thinking about what you're going to do with it, and then you get, and it's that process from buying the product or choosing it, deciding on it, planning on it, getting home, prepping it, cooking it. Turning it out and eating it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not an expert. Is there anyone out there who wants to send us a message? Is that therapy? Is that therapy for one's mind, Richard? Is it therapy for you? Oh yeah, definitely. But I know you mean, well, like, you know, like in the restaurant, it's it can be a bit daunting. But when you're at home, you've got all the time in the world. You're just making a nice meal for two. Yeah, it's good. It, it is, and it and it kind of focuses your mind. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it's therapy, and and if you're in a, if you're in the workplace, you've got a team around you as well, and it's I don't know. There's this um, there's um, as a chef who used to work for us, he used to always say it's like the military. You yeah. pull together, you know. There's a bit of bitching now and again when you go, hey, where's my spoon gone? Well, I haven't got it. Yeah, you have. When <laughs> you've got it, you always take it. No, I haven't. But when it comes to service, like everyone gets 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 into it and. We're there for each other, and that kind of makes you feel integral, part of something. I yeah, I think everyone should be cooking. Feeling a bit shitty? Go and get some flour and 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 bake a cake. 
Oh yeah, but what if it turns out crap? Oh. But don't <laughs> don't don't switch careers. Yeah, so I don't you want to be a chef because you think it's going to be therapeutic. <laughs> um, Ricky, what's your favourite thing to cook that makes you feel good? Oh man, why didn't you ask me this before? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Even if it's so much shit like a duck pizza or whatever it is you eat, what, what do you like? Pizza. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, uh, this is going to sound bollocks, but I like I, I like doing fajita nights. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I get that. You know, at home fajitas, and then I go buy like the guacamole and stuff, and you know, you yeah. you put as much fill in as make it spicy as you want, and then uh, with all the sauces, and uh, and always have as always, I always put a film on when I when I'm eating fajitas. So there's a lot of good memories of it. Oh uh, yeah, see there you go. Afterwards, even the the whole process carries on. Yeah. You know, you sat there watching TV, drinking a pint of vodka. And eating your fajitas, yeah. fajitas, man. Everybody, I, I bet everybody's at home thinking, uh, "Well, how come they're not doing themselves free course meals, fine dining?" <laughs> I was like, yeah. "We can't yeah. fucking yeah. cook it, <laughs> and we've got the equipment at home." Jesus, what you're supposed to say is, "Oh yeah. yes, I like to uh, go to the local market and pick up a brace of pheasant." <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, uh, no, yeah. you don't. Pheasant pizza. Oh, I've got some lamb hearts. <laughs> um, yeah. What about you? <laughs> you know what? Uh, the, the, just recently, and you know, it's come to my mind actually, I love jacket potatoes, right? And it's because you're old, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Each one, each time I cook jacket spuds, Donna doesn't realize this, right? Each yeah. time I cook them, I want them to be better than the next time. So I change it slightly. So I'll do things like I microwave them halfway, then bake them off to finish them, speed them up. I put um, little slits in the top, um, and then put slivers of garlic in them, and uh, then oil and salt, and roast them off. And then another yeah. time, I'll mince the garlic and spread it over the top. And each time, in my mind, I want that jacket potato to be better than the last time. I I, now, uh, I heard that the best jacket potato was you. So you get a bowl, you put the potatoes in a bowl, and then you uh, put uh, some like salt and oil over it. And then you individually wrap them in foil and then whack them in the oven. So they're mm, okay. Cause I, because yeah. I, I got taught, I think it was at college, that you put them in a tray of salt and then just leave them in the oven and then turn them every once in a while. But apparently now the best thing is like to cut, is to wrap them in foil. Apparently that's uh, apparently you get mm. a really good result. You should try it out and let me know. Yeah, I probably won't, Richard, but yes, I will. <laughs> I heard. I don't like change. <laughs> did you know you can potatoes can actually kill you? Well, if you eat them raw? No. Get two small ones, <laughs> no. right? Get two small ones and stuff them up your nostrils, right? Yeah. And get one massive King Edward, right? And put it in your mouth and ram it in your mouth, right? I was going to go somewhere else. <laughs> no, you'll suffocate. Yeah. I'll better so write this one down, man, just in case. Yeah, just yeah. be careful. Yeah. Be careful that you don't do that, Richard. All right, okay. Are you writing it down? Yeah, I'm writing it down. Uh, I'm cancelling potato <laughs> night. <laughs> um, well, funny we should be speaking about therapy, Richard, because I don't know how this has happened, but we need to move on here on Radio Sauce. Oh, saucy. Oh, you are. Um, because today we have someone on. It was a guest. We have and a guest. Person, we do. A whole one. Um, a whole one. And this person is very trendy. <laughs> very, very trendy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd like to introduce, and I'm going to build this up, um, someone who is called Trendy Wendy, lives in a Wendy house. <laughs> Hello, Wendy. Hey, Wendy. Hello. <laughs> Well, you know, it's better they used to call us Bendy Wendy. So, you know, Bendy Wendy, Bendy, Bendy, Bendy Wendy. Wendy. Yeah. So it's gone up a bit in the world. I'm I'm happy to be called Trendy Wendy. Yeah. Yes. Um <laughs> I could think of no other words that rang with Wendy. No, <laughs> well, I you can't. used to call us Bendy. Bendy. Sendy, Mendy. Mendy. So um, dear listeners, this is Wendy, and uh, Wendy, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. 
Oh, so at the moment, um, I work in a specialist college with lots of young people have complex learning difficulties and disabilities. And I'm actually, I don't even know how I got here. I'm deputy principal. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, What what happened there? I have no what idea. Up in the hair, I lost the bet. <laughs> <laughs> to give you a brief overview, yeah. <laughs> I worked in Cape in a lot of years. Then I went to a college. No, I went to a um, training provider first. Isn't oh, that right, yeah. Andrew? Yeah, then, ticking the boxes. Yeah, unfortunately, I met Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got went to a local college, and um, Andrew come to work at the local college and to work with some of our students. Um, then we were there for a little while and then I went off and went to Norton and worked at a school that had 66 boys with ADHD. Well, uh, well can you just explain what, what that is for the listeners? It, I, I, I'm, I've heard it, but I can't really tell you what it is. It's Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it means that they've got basically the attention span of a newt. And they just right. want to go off and do what they want to do. Why? Well, um, I, I feel like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. I'm off, Richard. See you later. Yeah, I'll get like that. I'll, I'll okay. wait for him. Yeah. Like, Fuck these brulees. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> you did have to I'll go talk to someone in the office. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, what we've been talking about, Wendy, I don't know if you, if you were listening earlier. Um, um, yeah, I was. We've been talking about cooking as therapy. Um. <laughs> Do, do, do some of your students, I'm going to call them students, do they, do, they do food or, or, or what? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, these students have um, got complex needs, but I'll sort of um, going back to the college days when I heard, you know, you were saying about the business of a kitchen and stuff like that. So, Andrew will know that I used to run the kitchen at the college yeah. with um, students who had um, learning difficulties, disabilities. Um, yeah. And we used to save probably about 30 covers, would you reckon, Andrew? Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with those students. But it had to be, they loved doing it, but we had to have strict regimes and, like, sort of learnt, learnt, like, progress. So it was repetitive. They did the same task every day. So if they were doing the potatoes, they'd have to peel and peel a veg and stuff like that. So then they started to remember what they were doing. Didn't really have any behaviours of them um although one of them did lock us in the cupboard once um, <laughs> and i couldn't get out yeah can you remember eric i do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Can we, are we saying names on here oh i don't know all right well we, oh that was a made-up name wasn't it yeah yeah it was roger. <laughs> remember roger roger that's it yeah so i'd gone in the the, the store cupboard at the back and left my keys in and he thought it'd be very funny to come in and lock the door <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Do, do you think because i don't know what happens in, in in the colleges or the school whatever do, are this oh, i'm trying to steer it steer this the way i want it right yeah do you think that there's some things like activities lessons or whatever you call them now that they do that they just go I don't like this, and you find it they, they, they just drift off. Where with working in a, in kitchen or with food, does that maintain their their attention longer, better? Definitely. I mean, especially when I worked in the school at Norton, and um, food was a va- a very valuable commodity. So yeah. um, a lot of these. Um, students came from deprived backgrounds so the thought that they were going to get some food to themselves was like this is the best uh, thing ever yeah, like so said, usually yeah. yeah so usually they were like really concentrated they'd work on and complete the food whatever we were doing um but if they had the um session on a morning then they would have to use as a carrot to tell them ah. to behave for the rest of the day right yeah. and it, at the end of the day if they hadn't been here for the rest of the day, then I couldn't give them that food. Oh, <laughs> what <a trick. laughs> Which you can imagine that they called me all the names under the sun yeah, and some yeah. more. <laughs> and they were passing out because we were starving. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. You know, and there was, there was this one young lad, all he ever wanted to make was jam roly poly and custard. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so every time you come in, Miss, miss, can I make jam roly poly and custard? 
well, you need to do this first and then we'll make it. But there was one day he um, he hadn't behaved in the rest of the lessons. So he couldn't get his jam roly poly um, and he wasn't happy at all. So oh, he, trashed me. <laughs> he trashed me car. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, you were asking for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, you know, but you know, they, they have that one system in there. So, um, one of the year 11s are coming. Says, What's the matter, Miss? I goes, oh, such and such. I, I didn't know who. I says, Oh, someone's trashed me car. And he went out, and then five minutes later, he knocked on the door, come back, and it was like a lynch mob. So they had this young student going, What you got to say to Miss? Say you're sorry, and you go no. Well, I'm going to kick your head in if you don't say you're sorry. <laughs> this is proper tea side, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then they clean me car up, you know. But you know, it's like one day there was one of them making um, just you know, they loved anything to do with food, and it was it was therapeutic in a way that it was very rewarding. That was the reward. And there was one day he was working his ticket, and and I was going to take his cakes off him. Well, then you start how chucking ladles that is, you know, wow. anything you could get his hands on. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, that that proves the point that that it is it is therapy in a, in in certain ways, and it also reminds me, Richard, of something else. What's that? Ready, steady, Ricky. Oh, ready, steady, <laughs> do that time already. On radio sauce, Richard. On radio sauce. Oh, saucy. So, uh, that's gone pretty quick, so yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't ready yeah. for that. Why don't you tell Wendy about Ready Steady Ricky? Wendy, re- welcome to Ready Steady Ricky. A little fun game I'd play, where uh, okay. I usually go to is it uh, Dave's convenience store, and I uh-huh. pick out a selection of ingredients, and I ask that if you could come up with a dish or dish has, um using those ingredients. And in the Bloody past, hell, man, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and in the past, I've let people use uh, their, like their larder, you know, like seasoning, salt, yeah. pepper, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, um, this, one, this one's a bit different. So oh. I went to Dave's uh, store, and uh-huh. he uh, he's gone a little bit upmarket ever since we started to uh, promote him. So uh, it's right. got a bit to his head. So he's doing crocodile. Crocodile, whole crocodile. So I bought a whole yeah. crocodile, uh, dead because I'm not, you know, I'm not a horrible person. What, what uh, else, Richard, in the bag? What else is in the bag? Just a crocodile, just... <laughs> so, it's not, so it's not three ingredients, just one. Yeah, but you can do all like you can use multiple, multiple parts of it. You could use the oh. heart, the kidneys, the all ears, sorts, like they do in the swamps of Florida. <laughs> Oh, go on then, Wend. There you go, Wend. What are you going to do? Right. Okay. So my first thought was to put it on a spit and roast it. Oh. Oh, cheeky. Hey? That's cheeky. I like where this is going. Yes. Put on a spit and roast it. So then, you know, when you have, like, these, like, um... Wedding things, everyone could come and just chuck like cut a bit off themselves. Oh, yeah, hog roast, yeah. yeah. Crock roast. Yeah, <laughs> crock roast. Yeah, a crock roach. <laughs> roast. <laughs> yeah. Then I suppose you could maybe make, you know, like a crocodile curry. Oh, yeah, that would work. You know? Oh, yeah. crocodile curry, that'd be nice, yeah. I think so, no. wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you could maybe just Cut its head off and roast it, sticking out all in. <laughs> For a bit of theatre. <laughs> For a bit of theatre, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, that's good. Cool. He really put us on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what what made me uh, what, what made me think of it was when I first started chefing just after I left college uh, down here because we're a little bit behind London. Um, we we were going through a stage where we were having all these speciali- speciality speciality. Uh, cuts of meats in we, we had crocodile we had ostrich do you remember when all when it was all the rave yeah, like yeah. Ostrich burgers croc uh yeah stuff like that i remember i'd done a wedding um when i worked for this one restaurant we got in shark we'd done a whole shark and it was so wow. it was too big to go in the oven so we had to uh put its tail in its mouth and then roast it off and that was the first yeah. time first and only time i've been on shark and and that's weird, but okay. <laughs> Wendy, Wendy, any particular sauces you would serve with the crocodile? Ketchup. Oh, 
ketchup. No, <laughs> you know, maybe it's more of a peri peri. Oh. Give it some space. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, that I, was good, that wasn't it, Richard? I think I'd I think I'd have a bit of Cajun spice on it from the fajita bag, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I would steam it. Um with some um, lavender flowers in the water to give it almost a lavendery, soapy, sweet flavour. Would you not say that okay. anyway? <laughs> they probably would. <laughs> I bet you'd have okay, to like, kind of soak it, Vic. I bet it's really salty. Yeah, it probably is, yeah. yeah. Um, that was good. That was good, yeah. though, wasn't it, Ricky? Yeah, that's all right. Well, well done, Wendy. What do you mean, just all right, Ricky? Oh, I thought, I thought you meant in regards to my uh, what I'd come up with. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, phone, he'll phone me up later and he'll be like why the fuck did you say crocodile <laughs> you've gone completely off script here <laughs> I will tell you though I have once tried horse oh was really? it like? horse yeah yeah it was like smoky bacon to be oh, fair really? it was in Italy yeah yeah I went to Italy once with some students that's a whole other story you know taking well, 16 students to Italy on a three week work experience oh. fantastic <laughs> Lovely story from there, but that's a whole different one. Um, yeah, and three, yeah, hours we... eh? <laughs> three hours three enough. Three hours enough. Ah, uh, man, the parties and everything. Yeah, come back, Ray, to be fair. What, so the, the horse, <laughs> did it have like a steak or was it like in a curry or a stew or something? No, no, it was like dried. So it was like, um, it, lo- it didn't taste like tobacco, but looked like tobacco. So it was very stringy. Has ah, it been cold? Yes, as if it's been pulled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because okay. I know there's someone going to be listening going, oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's fair enough, right? But I don't eat meat. But the way I see it is, if you if you eat beef or you eat lamb, you can eat horse, you can eat zebra. It's all the same. Is That's how I see it. Um, I know a, a guy that used to work for us, um, and him and his wife went to a, a restaurant in Sweden or Switzerland. I forget what it was now. It was, I think it was two Michelin star. And one of the dishes was... It arrived, there was a block of wood, and there was a spike in the wood. And at the top of the spike, they put a, a cube of horse meat raw. Okay. Oh. Hang on, hang on. Came along, the waiter came along with a blowtorch and a stick of charcoal. And he put the charcoal in front of the um, this little cube of horse meat and then lit, lit it. And as the flames were going over the charcoal, and then onto the horse meat, you had this little cube of smoky, seared horse meat. Oh, that's, that took some thinking of, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there you go. All these strange, wonderful, weird things. Um, anyway, um, we have to be talking about therapy, Richard. Well, we need and, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think, because um, I, I used to work at college, um, uh, not always here on Radio Source. Richard. Oh, oh Richard. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember yeah. when you did when you did um theory lessons, so you'd have the students and these kids are like mainstream, so they do they do, I don't know, uh, health and safety in the workplace, blah blah blah. <laughs> it's so important. And the kids would last about thirty seconds and then start punching each other. Once you've got those kids in the classroom. With the food, they change. Yeah, they piss about a little bit, but yeah. they focused. You could see there were like different kids that, the, the, for the start, the, the dressed. Obviously, they got the whites on, got their apron on, um, and they changed. Do you know what I mean? They started taking it seriously. They've got a restaurant out there to to, to feed, and you could see they were focused on what they were doing. Do, do you get? Do, well, like they grow, that, they're growing so, up a bit. Yeah. And then they go in the classroom and start pissed about again. (laughs) Yeah, it's a sort of that practical aspect because, you know, they hated anything to do with theory. um, And they used to give them, can you remember, Andrew, they give them, like, um, key skills on a Friday afternoon. So they had a really busy week. They'd send the key skills. And none of the buggers would turn up. So the amount of times I had to go up to the local pub and say, these lot are underage. You need to evict them. You know what I mean? There was one time it was like Keystone Cops. The saw was coming and they were running out all of the entrances <laughs> so I couldn't catch the buggers. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, yeah, they hated theory. And, you know, I, I, let's be honest, they probably left school and hated school and went, oh, look, now I'm at college thinking I'm doing cooking and I'm doing I'm doing writing and numbers and adding subtraction and dividing. Um, for people who don't know, key skills was brought into colleges um, 
uh, secondary education, uh, some would say it was a mopping up exercise because kids were coming out of school and hadn't learned these skills and had to do them again. And they hated it. But no, going in the kitchen and, you know, the smells and and, and actually contributing. They'd even, you'd see them, they were pissed off with each other in the classroom. But once they're in the kitchen, they would join forces and they'd, they'd become part of the, not all of them, there's not one or two that didn't want to. But once they came together in the kitchen, you could see they just changed and yeah. focused. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that the, the special educational needs children, um, do you think they get a lot out of it? I mean, if they're in a year or two year, whatever, would you say that after that period, that the, do they learn anything about the food or does it just go in one ear and out the other? Depends very much on the young people. But I have had like a, a lot of um, young people who have got a lot out of it. You know, um, just, you know, um, going back to Norton, there was one of the young lads, um, I can't see his name, Rupert. Um, oh, yeah, no. Not Roger Rupert. Um, he <laughs> he he um, ended up going to Catering College and was quite successful and got a job in Norton, um, which nice. was it's like really really good because his behaviours and his um, disability were, were quite bad. But he was so focused on food that it became a love wow. of it. And I have worked with you know other young people where so sometimes you can't reach them, but if you give them that, they get a lot of it and, it, and give them that that focus that routine, and it means that. They take, as Andrew says, they take that ownership and they have to work together to produce that. And if you give them praise and they've done really well and, you know, um, they produce the food, then it, yeah. it means a lot to them. Yeah, and they see the end product where, you know, when you're filling out bits of paper and, and writing, they don't care. But when they see that end product and they've almost been like a family to put it together. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it. When you say you can't reach them, Wendy, what did you mean? Yeah, so sometimes you can't reach them. So as you were just saying there, they're, they're disengaged in yeah. what they're doing, either in theory or other sessions. Um, and there was this one young lad who was on the spectrum that um, had a diagnosis of autism. And nothing we did could like sort of placate his behaviours or stuff like that. So I, I used to get him um, for catering at another college and he'd come in and he had this insane interest about food and about mixing things and you know changing things around and you know I sort of give him that that freedom so he'd go can I do this and this miss miss can I try I don't know brown sauce with strawberries he didn't do that I don't think but it was very extreme what he was trying to do so I give him that freedom go yeah you make it and his behaviour changed massively because it's it's it give him i suppose the thought that i trusted what he was doing and i was giving them those opportunities you know and and some of the dishes he produced were cracking i go that never work and he proved us wrong that's brilliant that's because i I suppose that's an adult trusting him yeah. Where he's yeah. probably had a load of them saying, "Stop it! Don't do that! Stop yeah. it! Put that down!" And then, believed in that. yeah, believed in that he can do something. And then he makes something, and you know, he's, he's put his all into it. Yeah. But I bet you, the, I bet you, there's other times, Wendy, when you get a bit frustrated with some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and how do you calm this temper of yours, Wendy? I don't have a temper, Andrew. <laughs> I don't I'm know gonna, what you mean. I'm going to tell a story um, quickly about, because I used to do, as Wendy said earlier, I used to do a few sessions. And um, there was one particular student um, uh, with learning disabilities. Um, and I said to him, we'll call him Eric. We'll call him Eric. Um, and I said to him, and we were running a session, you know, and there's a restaurant to feed. And these kids were feeding the restaurant. I say kids, and some of them were adults, weren't really. And, yeah, you yeah. know, we've got, to, we've got to feed these people. So you're against the time and, and you're running around to them because they, they'll only do as you tell them. And yeah, you say, yeah. walk over there. They'll walk over there forever. Um, and in some ways, that was re- more rewarding than the mainstream kids because with them, it's like, will you do that? No, I want to go for a fag. Mm. And I remember this one kid, I said to him, uh, right, there's a pan. And what I want you to do is there's some get some butter out the fridge. There it is on there, and there's some butter. There's a block cling filmed on a plate. And I said, bring that out. In there, melt it. Yes. Yes. Right. 
and then cabbage. So butter, pan, stir, cabbage, butter. And I said it 14 times with, and I ran off and saw someone else. And, I, and then I had to look around. You've got 14 eyes and you're looking around. I looked around and he's still stirring the pan. I can see the cabbage next to him. And I thought, you need to get the cabbage in the bloody pan. So I, I was, Eric, Eric, butter, is it melted? No. And I thought, looked underneath. He's got the gas on. Anyway, I haven't got time. I haven't got time. I run back in it. And it goes on for a while. And I thought, Eric, Eric what's, what are you doing? Melt the butter. Melt the butter. Put the cabbage in. Put it, put it in. Yeah. No. No, what? Hang on. What's he doing? Oh, and this went on for ages. And I'm panicking now. So I ran over. And I'm going, eh? And what had happened is, you know that mozzarella that's like the put on cheap pizzas that's really hard, like firm? Yeah. It, I thought it was a piece of butter, right? <laughs> like white butter, like really white butter. And he put put that in, as I told him to, and he's chasing this piece around the pan. And all it was doing is catching and sticking and uh... not melting. And I'm go- so it was my fault. And I'm going, Eric! And he's going, no, you! And I'm going, no, you! Shit. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you another sorry. little story. So in one of the classes, um, there was a guy, um, and he, uh, he had ADHD, and he, he's chucking his knife, his French cook's knife, going, ha, 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 in the air, catching it. I'm going, pack it in, you know. He's going, ha, 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 and um, doing it a couple of times. I goes, look, you need to pack that in. And he's taking no notes of us, because, you know, being a woman, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't, what do you know? It wasn't that loads of respect. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, I went over. I had a bigger knife, and I whispered in his ear. I says, "If you don't stop chucking that knife up, I'll chop your fucking knackers off." And he, he <laughs> never, he never <laughs> threw his knife in the air again. <laughs> well, there you go. Sometimes, sometimes a bigger knife. <laughs> sometimes that works, like crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, but you've got to. I know there's someone out there going, oh, you can't say that. But you, you, what you've got to realise is with certain students, um, you, you, they, they react differently to different ways. Because, you know, when yeah. you've got someone who's 18 and six and a half foot um, and whose dad's in prison for whatever and he's had a hard life, and you go along and say, now, Sonny, I don't you think you should do that because it's very naughty. He's going to go, oh, yeah, all right then. It's not going to happen. We no, never, I used to do a, a schooling oh. class. Well, and also for you, and also for you two, I'm sure it's a lot about the relationship that you formed with those with these students. Yeah, you do. You get well, to know yeah. them and they trust you. Yeah. And there was there was one class I had, and I, I quickly caught on that there was one. I won't say his name, but there was one kid, and he was hard, and he looked it. Um, he used to do boxing and stuff like that, but you knew it. And I watched, and what he did was. If the other kids did something that he didn't like, he'd bully them a bit. So I used to go to him and say, I'll call him Bill. Bill, don't do that. You know what I mean, mate? Don't do that. Um, it, it, it's not right. You know, he'd go, yeah, but I want to knock him. You know what I mean? No, you don't. And I sussed out. They were very difficult to handle. And I would say to them, put that down. Don't do that. Put that down. Stop it. Never worked. I felt like a parent. Um, and I had this brilliant idea. So one day I said, uh, I saw a kid pissing about at the back. I went, Bill, do me a favour. He went, yeah. I said, just have a word with him, can you? And he turned on and go, stop doing that. And they would stop. So they ignored me, but did as he said. And I'm like, that's good. And I'd say, look, all you need to do, don't bully him for me, right? Don't hit him, because that's not allowed, right? I'll do that. But <laughs> just tell him off for me. So he became my go-between, because they didn't listen to me. So someone was messing about, the two of them were fighting at the back. And I'd just go, Bill, sort it. And he'd go, ow, stop it, I'll put your face out. And, they would, and he did all my work for me, and he loved that as well because that put him at the front of the class. And he was the big man, and he liked that. And, you know, right or wrong, I don't know, but it worked. Let's get what him on the show. Think, Wendy? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's sometimes it's not right, but, you know, it's uh, the pecking order. You know what I mean? And I've used yeah. that before as well. You get the one who's the, the top dog to sort out the others. Yeah, and it works. Yeah, it works. But, Wendy, you've been a great guest today. And because you've been so good, we've got a little surprise for you, haven't we, Richard? Have we? Have we? Here on on Radio Source. Oh, so sorry. Oh, nice. (laughs) We play this game called the Big D3. Oh, D3. The Big D3 here on Radio Sauce. Oh, saucy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wendy, you're very, very lucky 
Oh, no. And yes. We don't play this game with everyone. Only the very... <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. And in each question, there's three answers. Just so we can kind of judge you and see what type of person you really are. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. You're watching TV. You fancy watching a little cookery show. Okay. And you know the way TV is these days. You've got your choice. Are you going to watch something with Jamie Oliver, Pretty Boy James Martin, or the Hairy Bikers? <laughs> Have to be the Hairy Bikers for me. <laughs> well, you okay. would guess that answer. <laughs> Richard, which one would you watch? Because I know you like James Martin. James Martin, hands down. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't he's, say uh, that, don't he's fucking epic. I love it. He's, he's got. Nice. He's got fantastic pastry skills. It was the first uh, first dessert book I ever bought. Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. James Martin's Desserts. Excellent book. Jim Oliver's the best. I'm sorry. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got another one for you, right? You shit at Italian. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, you're going to go out with Hubby and have a few drinks, right? Mm-hmm. I need down the local bar. Are you going to have a lager top? Okay. <laughs> a, 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 a taboo and lemonade? <laughs> <laughs> or a Nuki Brown? Newcastle Brown. <laughs> Newcastle Brown. Which one are you going to have, Wen? <laughs> well. Lager tops, taboo and lemonade, Newcastle Brown here. For entertainment's sake, I'm going to say Nuki Brown. <laughs> 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 Richard, you know what those are? What the? F- I know what Newcastle Brown is, but what the fuck is taboo? <laughs> you're, too, you're too young. Taboo was a drink. I think was, was it the eighties or nineties? Yeah, eighties, eighties. Yeah, 80s. send the answers yeah, in, yeah. listeners. Yeah, it was like um, vodka and fruity type stuff, um, and everyone had taboo. It's like it's pink drink, um, and lager tops is basically lager with a bit of lemonade. All right, well, I know what lager no. is, but yeah, well, there you go. I would, uh, sure. if I was allowed to have anything, I'd have a, I'd have a bottle of hooch. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't in the choices, though. You know. That was, yeah, you see, but yeah, yeah but I was trying so, to show you that I know I knew a drink from a long, long time ago. You back did, in yeah. my underage drinking days, I don't even yeah. know if they still do hooch. Yeah, they do. Richard, yeah. Richard started drinking when he was four. So, it was, yeah. <laughs> Last question on the big thing is. You've got some chips from the chippy. Okay. Uh-huh. Are you going to have, after the night out, you've had your Nuki Brown, 16 pints of Nuki Brown. You, you've calmed down a bit these days. Um, are you going to have a bag of chips with gravy, curry sauce, or cheese, chips and cheese? Cheese, gravy, curry sauce. Which one are you going to have? Has to be curry sauce. Ah, that yellow one, that yellow curry sauce type stuff. Yeah, that horrible fruity one that looks like sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd have cheese, chips and cheese. However, I have to say one of my favourite things that I do like is chips in homemade cheese sauce. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Like a morning over the top. Yeah, yeah that's a nice a idea. Yeah, over the top, yeah. Because it's almost dippy, isn't it? It is, yes, I have. It's lovely. I like that. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Richie, which, you, which one do you have? You wouldn't have gravy, would you? Uh, nah, that's more of a northern thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I'd, 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 probably, go, I'd probably go for the cheese. But I've got yeah, some. with me. But um, I'll tell you what, whenever we have, uh, we have friends come down and we go for a night out down here in southeast. Um, southeast! Southeast, <laughs> London, uh, I was about to say London, then southeast um, again. Kent. Um, and we, we go for a night out and obviously at the end of the club and stuff, we're walking down the the high street, whatever, and we're going to the kebab. Uh, we like we thought we, we have burger sauce here, which is basically mayonnaise and ketchup what? mixed together. And I thought that was like a well, a um, like a countrywide thing that everybody had. And they're like, no, it's just you lot down here that have it. I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. What's in it? Meal and tomato sauce? Like a, like a Mary Rose sauce? Yeah, basically. But it's just like... It's just burger sauce. You know, it's oh, a bit, you know, like the sauce you get in a Big Mac. Yeah. It's a bit similar to that, but everybody's down here. The, the after club thing is, is usually chips and cheese and burger sauce. 
Oh, that's a new one on me. Yeah, well, it's been yeah. Damn it. yeah. Have you heard of that wind? No, but I have tried peri peri with mayonnaise, and that's that really good. good. Yeah, yeah. Richard, a, a night out up in the northeast, uh, yeah. well, in particularly Stockton, Middlesbrough. Um, if there's anyone listening from the area, you'll know this. Um, a night out was always finished with a pamo. Yeah, we have palmos in Newcastle now, Andrew. Yeah, wow. Yeah. A palmo is basically, um, I'll tell you, basically, it's it's chicken or pork that's battened out, breadcrumbed, uh, pan fried, and served with a cheese on top. But in in um, in the northeast, it's basically deep fried, and then they serve the the cheese sauce spread on top, and then grill it, and you'd have that. Um, there were when Teesside Airport. Uh, was rebirthed. Yeah. Um, they were looking for new names for it, and someone suggested Palmo International Airport. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um, yeah, when everyone used to eat it when, when I was a lad, I'd, I haven't had that do for you, years. I haven't eaten do, meat you, years, but yeah. do you think, right? Um, you know, in uh, over towards the, the west, like Cornwall, do you yes. think uh, for their night nights out, they have like a Cornish pasty at the end of it? A deep fried Cornish pasty. Oh, a deep fried Cornish oh, pasty. Yeah, that's a nice. Deep fried. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, so anyway, Wendy, yes. can we can we say that definitely that that the kids do get something kind of therapy from cooking? Definitely, definitely. In all sort of walks of disability, I want to say at different levels, they all get something out of it. You know, it's like especially with the. Um, more complex one there to do something called sensory cooking so it's about the feel of the flour and the butter and the smell and the taste oh, yeah. oh. that's good isn't it yeah yeah do, do you okay. find do you too find that when you're doing it do you find that the, that people quite severely underestimate them yes definitely yeah it, it's still an ongoing challenge i, I must i must assume it, as well it is and i found that if you have um, the right resources and by that um, on about like picture recipes with so you've got the, the picture of the ingredients and pictures yeah. of um, the equipment that they need that they can follow and that's so all if they were like we, we worked in a, um, a little business unit where we ran the kitchen it was um, TDR and an engineer sorry I can't see anything but it was engineering unit and then yeah. we worked with apprentices who the apprentices were engineer apprentices tough as basically (laughs) (laughs) and um, when they first met my students who were complex needs they didn't know how to do how to speak to them how to do that Uh, and they'd come around at their lunch and then you know we had to break down those barriers because like you know my students just want to be like everybody else they want to go out for a drink you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, yeah. well, you know, so we had like I broke down made instructions so you know they could pay by card and use the card machine and make mm. all the things on the menu with like p- pictures of what it actually was. So you know, a bit like I suppose like McDonald's or Weatherspoons where you've yeah. got that spec, and that worked really, really well. And then you change them around every six weeks so they can learn something new. Yeah. yeah. I- that's brilliant. I, I I remember. I won't say the name of the college, um, but uh, it was a special needs group, um, and we used to do the restaurant. And I always remember someone overheard the staff who worked at the college in different areas, in different locations of the college, in different subjects, uh, would come down to the restaurant for their meals. But on this particular day, when these particular students were cooking um it was overheard that someone had said i'm not eating in the restaurant today when those lot are cooking My. yeah ah oh, so sad it's disgusting and you know yeah. they, their food used to be better because some of the others used to bloody put salt in the custard at least yeah <laughs> <one's got laughs> instructions. yeah it's true isn't it yeah anyway on a lighter subject um i'm gonna move on because donna's pointing at things we've we've got a new um a new feature that we just started last time. Now, I like to call it a question of sauce, but saucy. Richard calls it... <laughs> ah, yes, Richard calls it saucy letters. Saucy letters. Um, so this week, we call it saucy letters. And it's basically, here on Radio Sauce... Ooh, saucy. Ooh, saucy. <laughs> it's basically questions that people send in. 
Um, okay. Yeah, this is good. Now, it, it's interesting because some of some of them are asking daft questions just to piss us off, and some of them are actually quite good. And one rather lovely lady said, "Why is it we put vinegar on chips? Back to chips?" And I was like, "That's actually a very good question. Why?" And and she said. Well, I mean, for example, she said, like, you wouldn't put vinegar on roast potatoes or in mash or, or boiled potatoes. So why on chips? And I was like, that's a good point. So I thought, a quick Google search and I'll find out. No, it doesn't. There's nothing that tells you why or when. Um, but basically, from what I can tell, if you think about it, potatoes are relatively new to this country because they're not native to the country. So... In the late 1500s, potatoes arrived to the UK. I forget who brought them over. I think it was um, David Beckham or someone like that. Brought them over to the UK. As wasn't it, chip, wasn't chip. it that explorer? Oh, fuck, where did he come from? Uh, the Barnsley lad. I don't know where it was from. I don't know. No, I don't know. Chris, sorry, yeah, sorry, I thought Chris, I knew. We'll see him. Yeah, he's, he's from Barnsley. Yeah. <laughs> so this this very lovely lady, Sarah, said, um, she said, why is the vinegar on them? Now, I didn't know this, but apparently salt and vinegar has a, had been a condiment for many, many years before potatoes even arrived to the country. So they'd been using vinegar and salt and vinegar were both. Well, vinegar was very cheap because it, it stems from uh, booze that's gone off. And as salt became cheaper, it was used extensively. So it just made sense to add salt to the chips to improve the flavour and vinegar because of the, the fattiness of the chips so that the acidity helped cut through. So it, salt and vinegar had already been used as a condiment together and it just felt natural to put on chips. But the actual time, I can't find out why, Sarah. However, Sarah, you did say that um, you wouldn't put vinegar on roast potatoes. However... Our hero, Nigella Lawson, actually has a recommendation for vinegar on roast potatoes. There mm. you go. Yeah, I'm going to go try that. I never thought never thought to do it. Yeah, it actually sounds like a nice thing. Roasties, like a plate of, just imagine just a plate of roasties with some salt and vinegar on and some of your burger sauce, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> it's, do you want to hear something else? What, when do you want to hear something else? What? I also, when I was digging through and finding this out, um, that because it relates to fish and chips, um, apparently fish and chips is not a British thing. Now, I always was under the impression that fish and chips uh, was a Jewish tradition originally, but it wasn't even that. Wasn't if that? you go back even further, 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 further to the Portuguese, and the Portuguese used to deep fry fish in batter. And what happened is, in the Jewish faith, um, they, they're not allowed to work on a weekend, and that means not even cook on a Saturday and Sunday. So what they would do is they stole this idea of deep-frying fish. And because the batter had coated the fish, they would do it on a Friday, Friday fish, um, they would do it on a Friday, and because it had this batter on, it meant that it would protect the fish and help to keep it a bit fresher, so on Saturday and Sunday, all you have to do is slice it up and eat it, and then in oh, years no later, That's yeah, cool. in years later, they they brought it to 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 the UK to England, and apparently they would have a big pan of oil on market stalls and deep fry the fish and serve it on a on a wooden tray in markets. That's <laughs> street food, kids. Yeah, definitely street food. Proper street food. <laughs> I, uh, can um, I can I mention something? Yes, please, it's, Ricardo. Uh, Going back to the potato, I've just looked it up. So it was a guy called Thomas Harriet. He brought the potatoes to England. It was part of the Sir Francis Drake crew. So there you ah, go. And yeah, artists, yeah. Now this yeah. that. I was going to say Sir Walter Raleigh, but he was the guy who made bikes, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one who gave us the grifter. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the chopper. <laughs> Um, that's really good. And, and someone else asked a question um, on Twitter and um, and uh, and said, simple question, are mushrooms the food of the devil? Um, <laughs> I've forgotten this lady's name. <laughs> I um, 
And the answer is, are, are they the food of the devil? Richard, are mushrooms the food of the devil? Um, can you get deviled mushrooms, like deviled eggs? I guess if it goes deviled, then yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When do you... <laughs> no. That's my philosophy. No, they are one of my favourite foods. Ah, what oh, what, what do you do to cook them? How do you cook them? Um, in a, a in bit, bit of butter, bit of Worcestershire sauce, bit of pepper, cook quite slowly, whole, <sighs> lovely. Yeah, okay, I'll tell that's you, nice. I'll tell you what I'd done uh, just before I, I finished work. I had a special on, and one of them was uh, mushrooms on toast. So basically, yeah. I've just got loads of wild mushrooms. I would... Um, Get the pan hot, throw uh, like um, garlic butter in, and then I'd uh, cook off the mushrooms in that. And then there'd be quite a lot of uh, butter in there. And then I'd get a nice thick wedge of um, sourdough and I'll toast it in the pan. And then I'll just, oh. and I'll just do that. And that was just so good. I sold loads of them. They were good. Oh, lad, that sounds decent, that like. It does. You make me feel hungry. We yeah. used to, we did a, um, I, I know that some people know this, and I've mentioned it before. We used to do, a dessert with mushrooms, and I'll explain why. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it did my favourite dessert. There was a mushroom fudge, thanks, Tom. And uh, there was also um, on another dish. It was on a different um, version. It was a mushroom custard, and we used to do staff training. Uh, and I remember when the the front of house we had to take them to every dish because our dishes were very weird, um, in some people's opinion, and. Um, when I used to get to mushrooms, I used to say, I used to go, mushrooms on a dessert. What are you on about? You like? I said, listen to this, right? If I give you a, uh, an apple that's green and crispy, right, and you eat a slice of that apple, is it very, very acidic? Is it, or is it very, very sweet? And you go, green apple, it's almost acidic. You know what I mean? It's not sweet like honey sweet or sugary. It's almost acidic. And I went, right, okay. We're an apple. Can go on a starter in a salad, it can go on the main course as a sauce, and it can go on dessert. Okay, so, even though someone's a little bit in the microphone, I need to back up a little bit. Yeah, it's, I think it's Wendy, she's breathing the microphone, she's uh. nodded off. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that crispy green acidic apple is acceptable in a dessert. Now, if you take a raw mushroom. It's a regular mushroom, and you slice a thin slice of it and eat it. Is it very acidic? No. 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 Is it is it astringent or strong like garlic or onion? No. No. If you think about it, the flavour of it, you've probably got the, the profile in your brain somewhere. The flavour of a mushroom raw is almost a bit creamy and a bit neutral. So therefore, in my mind, isn't a mushroom more deserving of being in a dessert than the acidic apple? Oh, controversial recall. Mind blown. Very mind blown. Yes. Um, This particular lady, whose name I've forgotten, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, We asked her if she liked those little, you know, those little um, sweeties to get coconut mushrooms. Do you remember them? Yeah. She didn't like them. Coconut mushrooms. Richard, did you like them? What, coconut coconut mushrooms? mushrooms? I don't know what they are. Tell them what they are, Wend. Tell them what they are, Wend. They're like like a, a little mushroom shape, fudgy type stuff with coconut on the outside. Yeah, I just like yeah. them, and the, yeah. I just like the little white mice as well. Yeah. Um, what do you dislike, Wendy? In the food world, what do you dislike? One thing. Oh, one thing. Oh, that's hard, Andrew. Because you know I you have know. to eat everything. You you do, but there must be something you go. Bleh, don't want that. <sighs> oh, black turnip. Turnip. Turnip? Yeah. Sweet or turnip? This is an international um, uh, podcast, Wendy, so we'll yeah. have to... <laughs> yeah, we're reaching all the four corners of the globe. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll go sweet. Okay, so sweet is a, is 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 the, the big purpley vegetable that's almost like a yellowy, and turnip yeah. is the small purple and white one. Uh, but in the north, people tend to mix them up a little bit. So, do. so you don't like Swede? No. Wow. In, well, in, do you know why? No, I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> and this this goes this is this is because me mum me mum me mum like me mum like didn't cook it properly and used to make us eat it. Oh. 
<laughs> Richie, what don't you like? Blackjacks. Flapjacks. Blackjacks. You remember the sweets where you got blackjacks oh, yeah. and fruit salad? I'd yeah. only I'd, I'd buy it and just eat the fruit salad and then throw away all the blackjacks. They're well rank. Oh, actually, I didn't know that about you, Richard, uh, me little blackjacks. For yeah. me, it's cucumber. Cucumber is the awful thing. Blah. Cucumber. Don't like it. Um. Anyway, we're going off track now. Um. And yeah. I think, well, how long, Donna? Bloody hell. Um. <laughs> and he, I was supposed to write a thing at the end here, wasn't I, Richard? I still haven't done it. Oh, <laughs> I was you. supposed to write a little exit, exit um, sentence. Um, but, uh, I'll, uh, I'll have a go, go on then. Go for it, Rico. To all our lovely listeners out there, um, if you can, we would really appreciate if you gave us a follow. Uh, for, like to follow us on Instagram as well, that'd be epic. But yeah, find our shows on Spotify and on uh, Apple as well, and uh, let us know what you think of the show as well. And uh, send us in any questions you got. If you absolutely anything whatsoever, we're trying to get our name out there a bit more. So any help would be fully appreciated. That's very true, Richard. And I'd like to say thanks, Richard. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you to Wendy. She's been wonderful. Cheers, Wendy. Ooh, saucy. <laughs> and thanks to everyone in the whole wide world. And I'd just like to say, Thanks, guys. ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella, to you.